Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know a lot of retirees don't take into consideration uh, the cumulative impact of federal and state income taxes when they start withdrawing from their nest eggs. And so today we're going to break down some areas of retirement income that will be taxed and some ways you can save some of that tax money. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary investment advisor representative. Silverleaf Financial is where you find him. Silverleaf, uh, silverleaffinancial.com is the website. Uh, he's an author, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care, uh, plus over 30 years helping folks get to and through retirement. And right now, Kevin, boy, you've got me kind of going there. You start saying, oh, we gotta, we got to talk, talk taxes in retirement, but it's- we really do don't we? We, you, you know what? It's no, nobody likes that topic, right? Nobody wants to pay more money in taxes, but, but I'll tell you what, as you can tell from the book uh, and from some of the other things we've talked about on this show, I'm a big believer in, in trying to find ways to reduce your taxes. And I always say, you know, two of my favorite words are tax free. Yes. And, and so I think a lot of people though, they don't, they kind of just, uh, they kind of just go with the flow and they just take the money. I think a lot of times they just take it from, you know, wherever they think of first And I don't think, uh, let me say it this way. I've seen a lot of people that could have structured their withdrawals in retirement in a way that would have reduced their taxes. They, they just, uh, they didn't think of it or didn't take the time to look at it. And so I just want, I want people that just have, have, have a higher level of consciousness in terms of realizing that there might be some ways, you know, some accounts that you could pull your money from, you know, when you're taking your withdrawals, when you're retired, uh, because you got to create your own paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not getting that paycheck anymore. You're, you probably need to supplement whatever you're getting from social security. Um, I've met some people actually, uh, some people that are very comfortable in retirement that are only living, you know, they're totally, they're completely living on the money they get from social security. And, and in most cases, you know, that's a married couple. So they got both their checks coming in. They both had, had good careers. So they've got, you know, they've got a good amount of social security income coming in and they're able to live off that entirely. 
And, and guys, if you're able to do that, fantastic. You know, I'm going to say you're blessed that you're able to do that because you should be able, and, and not that you haven't planned for it and worked for it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that means, right, that your savings and the money you put away can grow that much longer before you might have to tap into it. Yeah. And, and, and so, but when you do, when you start taking that other money, um, that's when you could, you're going to pay tax. You could very likely are going to have to pay taxes on your withdrawals from the other accounts. Plus it's going to make, there's a really good chance. It's going to make those social security payments taxable as well. And so, so that's what I like to talk about. I wanted to give you a few ideas, you know, cause everybody loves the tax deferred accounts, the 401k, the IRA. Um, but what a lot of people forget is, you know, that big old 401k that you've got, you know, you might want to think about that as only being three quarters yours. Because that's about what it is, depending on where we're at in the income scale, uh, when you're, you're going to have to pay taxes on it. And depending on where you live, you might pay state taxes too. Uh, and if you're taking out more than, let's say, 15 grand in addition to your Social Security, chances are up to 85% of your Social Security will be taxed as well. And so what I wanted to do is, is when you're looking at getting to the point that, that you're taking these withdrawals, we want to try to be more strategic or tactical with it and look and say, you know what? If you've got a Roth IRA or you've got a health savings account, both of those, now, of course, there are rules we have to comply with, but I can show you how we can structure your withdrawals so that maybe one or two or three years, the only other money you take out besides, you know, the only money you get besides your Social Security is money you take from a tax-free account. And that means in those calendar years, your Social Security will not be taxable either. And that should save you another four to five thousand dollars based on average uh, checks that people receive. Holy cow, Kevin! I mean, this, these are the kinds of things that, where I can see a do-it-yourselfer is uh, is overthinking it and and doesn't have the the knowledge, the you know the the experience that you do helping people manage all of that. That's you, you know that's uh, that 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 is that is true, and I think it's another advantage of working with an advisor. It's not. You know, we oftentimes talk and, and a lot of people, the first thing everybody think about is, well, are you going to make me any more money than I can make on my own? That's that's really what I hear. The, that's generally the first thing I hear uh, from people that, uh, you know, call themselves the do-it-yourself investor. They, and, and it's it's performance, performance, performance. And and, and I get that. I, cer I certainly do understand that. I know it's an expectation. And it's certainly what I strive for as well is to outperform, you know, the indexes and, and things like that. Um, yeah, but it's not just about that performance. And I think that that's where you're, you're, uh, you're not, you're selling the advisor a little bit short. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't realize all the different information and all the different ways we can help, but one of them is also saving on taxes, right? And, and if I can show you how to structure your income, even if it's just one year, just one calendar year where you don't take any withdrawals from a traditional 401k, you don't take any withdrawals from a traditional IRA, right? Yep. Uh, in, in those years, maybe it's one year. You know, depending on how much you're taking and how much you have, of course, and how much you're spending, uh, we don't know how much. But uh, I do believe that a lot there's a lot of people that could benefit from this if you just structure it and synchronize everything so that you know exactly where that money's coming from for that calendar year. Let's say it was 2022. If you don't take anything other than withdrawals from a Roth or a health savings account and plus your Social Security, that would mean your Social Security should not be taxed at all. Okay. And, and obviously, you know, I'm saying you don't have any other, any other income, um, you, you know, so that's what I like to look at. It's not just, you know, it's important. We all, we, we're all focused on the accumulation and growing the money and get as much growth as we can and, and, and trying to defer those taxes, socking away the money in the 401k and the IRA. And that's really been the focus for, you know, for 30 or 40 years for a lot of people. And so it is a mindset change. You know, you've got to change your mindset 
in order to start looking at and analyzing from from the uh, from the viewpoint of decumulation or distribution as opposed to accumulation. Sure. Well, again, I think you know. If I've learned so much in, in, you know, working with advisors like you. And, and one of the things that I, I would I would never that would never be my first question to an advisor. How much you're going to make me? <laughs> it's like, well, no, you, how much you're going to you, save me? You, well, there you go. There you go. You know, and uh, well, I tell you, you maybe you're um, you, you have learned quite a bit, yes. <laughs> quite a bit, I'm sure. Yes. And uh, but it, it is generally one of the very first questions that I hear. And um, people you know, are just greedy then. Well, you know, <laughs> I think the stock market kind of brings that out in us. Well, I think um, so too. Yeah, I... you, you, you know, and uh, so I, I get it though. I understand. I understand. You know that, that that somebody says, "Hey, if I can make if I can make I don't know X percent every year, you know, why why should I pay you if you can't do better?" Um, you know, I do understand where they're coming from, but I think some of the some of the key things they're missing is like we're talking here ways we can help on saving on taxes, other ways we can help just on fees and expenses. Maybe maybe the returns that person is getting in their portfolio are coming you know, with a high expense on their investments that they're purchasing. Maybe they're paying too much in commissions or too much in management fees or too much in underlying expenses. Maybe they're not, but it's something that we like to, that we want to look at. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and also with regard to exposure and risk, you know, I've talked to quite a few people this year that very proudly tell me they're making money this year, right? Okay. And that's fantastic. That's fantastic that you're doing so much better than the overall markets that you're actually making money because the majority of sectors you know, are down. There's 11 sectors in the S&P 500. And I think maybe two of them are up. And that would be, you know, energy and mineral, minerals and metals. Um, so in other words, if a person is profitable this year, then that tells me they've got to be highly concentrated in, in those one or two sectors that have made money. And, and, and that can work out fine until it doesn't. Okay. So mm -hmm. in other words, as long as that stays in favor and that trend is your friend, you know, we're good. But be, you have to be very, very responsive and you should be watching very closely because those things can turn very, very quickly. You know, I was uh, uh, it reminded me of a meeting that I had in, in, at the end of the year. I was I was meeting with a guy uh, in November and December and uh, and then he got sick and, and um, a friend had come over to, you know, quote unquote help. Um, and what I was suggesting to this person is that they, re they were very highly exposed to technology one of the stocks that they own is Shopify, SHOP. A lot of guys, a lot of folks might know that's been a huge performer until about you know four or five months ago, um, and he made phenomenal gains on it. It was a big, big. It was too big a percentage of his portfolio, in my opinion. And I said, I really think you need to reduce this exposure, cut back on this. You don't have to get out of it, but reduce it so that we can get into other areas so you don't have so much risk, and we can reduce that risk of such exposure to one area of the market. Um, and if you look at at the time, Shopify was about fifteen hundred bucks. And right now it's below 500. Oh man. And so it's less two thirds of its value, two thirds of its value. And the friend comment, her comment was, well, if it's been working so far, why should he change it now? If it's got us to mm. this point, why should we change it now? And I've, and I've heard, I've heard that many times in my career too. And I say, you don't have to sell it now, but how about putting a stop order? Okay. If it's at 1500, put a stop order at, I don't know, give it 10%, put it at 1350. So if it goes below 1350, you get out. And that way the trend is reversed because it's down 10%, you would get out. So that's one way you can do it. There's other strategies, you know, we can sell call options, we can hedge it, we can buy put options. There's a lot of things you can do guys. And, and a lot of folks don't realize that, um, that there are so many other ways you can protect your investment, you can hedge your investment, um, but they also don't realize that just because it's worked to this point, 
that does not mean it's going to continue to work. And it rarely does. You know, nothing goes, nothing goes to the moon, nothing. Right. And, and so I tell people it's often think about surfing, right? Think about surfing. You want to catch this great wave. Well, even the, the best wave in the world, you can ride it and you'll have a heck of a ride, but at some point it's going to crash and it's going to come crashing down. And so we want to be there for that ride, but we want to know enough to get out of it or to get, to get away from it or reduce it when things look like they're going to turn so that you can avoid having a situation you made a great profit on only to see it go away because, you know, because you thought it was going to keep on going. Up. Sure. Well, again, these are the kinds of things that uh, parts of conversations that you have with people that are so important. And, you know, I'm guessing a lot of people would just glom onto it and say, wow, that's that's great. I understand. Let's let's do what you let's do it. <laughs> let's that's do right. it the way and, you want to do it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people would. You know, you know what a lot of folks will say? They, they, they'll, they'll say to me, well, Kevin, the reason I'm the reason I'm working with you, the reason I'm hiring you, the reason I'm paying you is because I'm going to take your advice. I'm not going to pay you to be my advisor and then not take your advice. Right. And and so and that that's what they say. And I agree wholeheartedly. Well, yeah, paying, boy. You, yeah. Right. If you're paying somebody for their help and their guidance, their assistance, their expertise, you know, you, you should really you take that advice. I, I kind of think I say, OK, so you go to your doctor, you tell them you've got this I don't know, you've got this problem. He says he wants to put you on blood pressure meds or whatever it might be. Are you going to talk to your friend and say, hey, you know, it, I've been okay so far. Why should I change now? You know, it's things change, right? Life changes. Things go different directions. We need to be able to adapt. There was an old sign in my office way back in my brokerage days when I ran a brokerage office in Chicago. And I had a big banner that I put on the wall and it said, adapt or become extinct. And that was up there every day. And I, because I wanted everybody to see it and to recognize that I believe in life, you have to be able to adapt to changing circumstances, changing economies, changing markets, all sorts of things we need to adapt to. And you need to recognize it so that we can avoid having, you know, a, a beautiful profit turn into turn into kind of an abysmal loss. Well, and the, again, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And so, you know, folks, if you'd like to reach out to Kevin, maybe have a connection and, and uh, have a meeting, have a conversation, a phone conversation, you can call him at 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. You can also connect via the Internet on his website. That's silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. So saving money, um, saving money in taxes is really key. And so we haven't even talked about a Roth yet? No, 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 not not very much. You know, I just mentioned you know that the Roth IRA is a great tool to set up your income and to take your income from. And you want to look at it. My suggestion is look at it on a calendar basis. In other words, let's plan ahead of time where you're going to get your income from. You know, in the following year or or whenever you whenever you want to consider taking mm -hmm. it out. Maybe you wait because it's a Roth that's tax free. Maybe you want to wait until you're older to do that to get more tax free growth. So, but we, but we just want to plan it. We want to have the conversation. We want to talk about it. We want to come up with some, an outline of how we want to structure it because the Roth IRA guys, remember the Roth, when you put the money in, you pay tax on it when you put it in. So you don't, you don't get a tax break or tax, tax deduction, like a traditional, you're paying the tax when you put it in. And then as long as you, you have to leave it alone for, you have to leave it in the account for at least five years. Okay. The principal, you have to leave in there for at least five years, the growth you could actually take out earlier, assuming you're not below 59 and a half. Um, and you'd be okay, but that principal has to stay in there for five years in order to, to get all of the benefits. And so a uh, Roth IRA, I think is a fantastic tool. If you think tax rates are going to be higher, or you might be paying higher tax rates in the future, you should take a hard look at a Roth. Uh, if your income is too high, because there are income limits, uh, it's, I want to say it's around 200 grand for, for a couple. Uh, if your income is higher than that, um, you can't directly contribute to a Roth. 
but you can do what we call a backdoor conversion. And, and I'm happy to give you more details and show you how you can do that. There's no income limits on that. However, there is a bill in front of Congress right now that's looking to get rid of that. So if you're a high income person or a high income couple, and you would like to put money into a Roth, you need to get started on it now. Okay. Okay. Sure. Because that, that might, that opportunity might be gone in a couple of years. Well, I like what you said too, Kevin, when you said, when you start talking about a Roth, let's talk about future. Let's talk about down the road because of one, there's that five-year wait, but two, that's, I mean, that's what creating a good plan is all about planning ahead. No question. No question. And, and, and that's one thing that people, that's something else, you know, talking about meetings that I had, something else I hear a lot of times, somebody will sit down with me when they're 60 or 62 and they'll say, man, I wish I'd have, you know, I wish I'd have done this 10 years ago. And, and so guys, I'd strongly recommend if you're 50, early fifties, you know, that to me is a much better time because there's a lot of things we can do that if we have time, meaning you have several years before you're planning to retire, there's a lot more things you can do to really set yourself up well versus if you just have just, it's let's say two years away, you want to, you want to retire. We don't have as many possibilities. There's not as many things we can do. Uh, so the sooner you come in, the better that'll give your, your, give me or whoever you're working with an opportunity to look at the entire landscape out there to set you up in the, for the best possible retirement, but you're far better off doing it, you know, early fifties than in your early sixties. Right. And so that really, but so in that case, a Roth may not be for everybody, right? I mean, that's, I think that people need to understand that as well. Yeah, the, the, the Roth, you know, it, it all depends on your individual situation. And that's what we need to look at, you know, because depending on where your income is at now versus where it's going to be in retirement uh, and, and the amount of time that you have before you plan on tapping it, you know, certainly if it's less than five years, then, then the Roth probably doesn't make any sense, um, you know, because you want to have that benefit of time. Personally, I've got a Roth IRA, you know, I've got one for myself and for my wife. Uh, I've also got an HSA for the record, the, which is another tax-free account that is the only truly triple tax-free account. Um, and, and my plan is to, is to not really tap those until we're in our seventies. Uh, I, I want to let them grow tax-free as, as long, you know, for many, many years. And my thinking right now is probably in my early to mid seventies is, is personally when I'm thinking about taking out some of that money. Uh, of course I could change, but that's my plan now. And that would give me, you know, many, many more years for it to grow on a tax-free basis. Sure. So we're talking about taxes and, and sort of mitigating them or understanding that, that it is a big part of a retirement plan. Are pension, uh, pensions taxed? Yeah, you know what? In most cases, they are. Okay. Um, in most cases, whether it's a public or a private pension, uh, the money from there is going to be, um, you know, it's going to be taxed. And it's probably going to be taxed like ordinary income, guys, because generally speaking, um, you know, these things are funded with pre-tax income. And so all of your vehicles, think about it this way, all of the vehicles that you're putting in pre-tax income, you get a tax deduction and it grows tax deferred, you know, AKA, that's your IRA, that's your 401k, that's your 403b, and it's also a non-qualified annuity contract, okay? Okay. The, annu the annuity is growing tax deferred. You don't pay taxes on it while it's growing. And then when the money comes out, it's taxed like income. Just like an IRA grows tax deferred, you bring it out, it's taxed like income. Okay. So your tax deferred vehicles, when you pull the money out, um, they're, they're virtually all the time taxed at ordinary income tax rates. So as opposed to capital gains tax rates. And so you want to be aware of that because it can make a big difference, you know, depending on your overall situation. Uh, speaking of capital gains, guys, one thing, one thing I don't think many people realize, do you know you can be married in 2022 and take a long-term capital gains, which means you held it for one year or more? Do you know you can make up to over $83,000 as a married couple and pay zero capital gains tax? Okay. 
Break it down. How do we do that? Let's accomplish that task <laughs> here, Kevin. You know, it's. I just want to mention it because I've had this conversation a few times lately, and most people are like, "Wow, I didn't know you could make." You know, I didn't know that. I didn't either. And, and, you know, and so guys, yeah, take a look at your income. It, it's eight. It's over eighty three thousand for a, a married couple filing jointly can make over eighty three, just over eighty three. I want to say it's like eighty three six or something. Okay. Anyways, it, and in other words, if your income is under eighty three thousand, married filing jointly. And you take a capital gain on a position and it's been held for longer than a year, that means you pay zero tax, zero nice. capital gains tax. All right. So I would suggest to take a look at your portfolio sometime this year uh, because, you know, like I said, my opinion is that tax rates are going higher. And I think capital gains tax could be one of them because I'm, I mean, 80,000, 83,000 seems pretty generous to me to not have to pay any tax. Right. Um, you know, that seems overly generous. So I would not be surprised at all if they lowered that threshold. Um, you know, I don't have any knowledge that they will, but it does, it does seem generous to me. And so anytime I see some, something generous in the tax code, it makes me get a little concerned that it might not always be there. Well, exactly. And I mean, that whole tax code thing, I mean, thank goodness, uh, you know, you're there to, uh, you, you like that stuff. You read that stuff, don't you? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say I like it, but I, uh, <laughs> but I do. You're I do well read schooled, it. I I'll say that. There we go. I, I, I do. I, I try to educate myself and stay on top of all these things. And, um, you know, I would rather it not be so complicated, believe me. Um, but but at the same time, that's that's what makes, I guess, an advisor uh, that much more valuable. We can help you. We can help you navigate all these rules. Um, you, you know, so a couple other things just so you guys know, um, you, you know, the dividends, um, you know, dividends for tax purposes. You know, you want to you want to be be aware of when you're paying your dividends. Um, and make sure you track those as you go forward. Because a lot of people I've seen have paid dividends on stocks and positions that they've owned while they've owned them. And they forget to add that back into the cost basis when they finally sell it. So, so you just want to make sure that you're realizing that, hey, you've been paying tax on this thing for several years when you, when you do it. Because like a mutual fund will pay out capital gains and a dividend at the end of the year, maybe. And, and, and then you're going to get taxed on it, assuming that's uh, not a retirement account. Um, so it's just something, remember to carry forward the taxes that you've paid on the holdings because it could reduce your taxes when you finally sell the position. Okay. Very good to know. Right. And um, so uh, do you want to, uh, let's see, muni bonds, are they, I mean, again, we've talked about bonds. I think we talked about them last week. It's, um, it's, it's not really a great time for bonds, is it? It's, you know what? They're getting a lot more attractive. Uh, are they really? Um, Just yeah, in the last getting, week or so? Yeah, because bonds are off to the worst start in the last 40 or 50 years. Right. So, um, you know, so one of the, I was reading an article each week, looking at some research uh, earlier this week and not to get to, you know, humdrum or technical with things, but, but some of these bonds are trading, they're trading out like four standard deviations from where they normally trade. And guys, what that means is that is a very, very, very improbable event. Okay. That means they're trading as it's like a 1% likelihood something trades to that extent. And, and so what it means, I think. I think the yields kind of kind of spiked a little bit, actually. Hmm. So I don't. I, so I don't. I don't. I'm having mixed feelings on bonds right now. I, I don't. You know, generally speaking, I prefer shorter term, shorter duration. I like floating rate bonds. Um, but there are some analysts coming out. I've seen. I've seen several analysts now come out and telling people to go long bonds. Um, and, and so it's just something to be aware of, to pay attention to. Going back to municipal bonds, uh, you guys might know those are free from federal tax uh, and they're free from state tax if you live in a state that issued that bond. Um, the thing that a lot of folks don't know is you can actually be subject to capital gains tax, though, on the overall price of the bond. Okay, so you buy it at 95, you sell it at 100, you got a gain of five points that could be subject to capital gains tax. 
Okay, good to know. So uh, do you want to kind of shift gears a second? And, and uh, I know the SECURE Act has been on everybody's mind. Well, not really. It's been on my mind, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. But, but SECURE Act uh, was uh, from back in 2019. Now the SECURE Act 2.0 passed the House 414 to 5. And there hasn't been that much bipartisanship in Congress since... Well, since the first Secure Act was passed. Oh God, I was gonna say maybe since they, you know, they signed the Constitution or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, the last uh, Secure <laughs> Act, it was about those same numbers. <laughs> it, you know what? It's nice to see. It's unusual, but it's nice to see because you know, Lord knows, there's so much partisanship these days. It oh crazy. my goodness. Well, yeah. So uh, and and so you know, when when we look at this, um, there's a there's a few things that that are going to affect retirees certainly, but there's it's also really to me a lot about. Just, just encouraging people to save and giving people a, a different avenue to, to save more as they get to retirement. And that, to me, seems like a good thing. I, I think overall it is a good thing. There are some, there are some carve-outs that they have in there that, will actually, that, that are actually more negative. Okay. Um, you know, but, but there are some things, you know, like the original SECURE Act raised the RMD age, the, uh, when you have to take your required minimum distribution from your IRA account. They raised that from 70 and a half to 72 right? Mm -hmm. uh, and now that is in effect. Uh, but this new one, the Secure Act 2.0, would actually raise it to 75 over the next 10 years. And, and so it would be gradual, but it would ultimately be uh, 75 before you had to start taking those distributions. And that means you've got that much longer to let the money grow on a tax deferred basis before you have to take it out, which I think is a very good thing. And uh, the other thing that they're doing is they're talking about reducing the penalty if you miss it. Because guys, if you miss that required distribution, it's one of the worst penalties out there it's half. So whatever you're supposed to take, if you're supposed to take 20 grand and you miss it, your penalty is $10,000. All right. And, yeah. and so it's, it's a harsh, harsh penalty. Uh, and, and in this, they're talking about reducing it to 25%. And then there's another provision that uh, uh, if you correct it in a timely manner, which I don't know if they've defined what's a timely manner, uh, but it would drop it down to 10%. So, sure. so, so it's a little bit more user-friendly because sometimes things come up. People could be traveling. Somebody could have gotten sick. Somebody might have, you know, there could have been a death in the family. Uh, any number of things. They could have been in a hospital or any number of things that would have made it, you know, so they missed the RMD. Um, and by the way, I have helped my clients. Some situations have come up where, we, where they've missed it. Uh, and I have helped, and your advisor ought to be able to help you with this because when this comes up to my client, if there's any tax issue, I can generally write a letter of explanation. I write it to the IRS on their behalf to help explain the situation and to try to get it straightened out and rectified. And, and my success rate is very high on that. Very Good. high. So, so don't, if, if you guys are in that spot, don't just assume you've got to pay that penalty. You can, you can kind of appeal it, right? You can mm -hmm. appeal it, write a letter. We send supporting documentation. Uh, and then we can get it reversed and waived in a lot of cases. Sure. The uh, Well, and again, but if I'm your client, Kevin, I don't have to worry about that because you're going to take care of it no matter what. That That's right. It, it, a lot of times it's an account that could be held away, you know, and they didn't tell me about it. Um, you know, so. Oh, I so, see. Okay. And, and and so it's important that, you know, that that either you're really on top of all the accounts or or you make sure your advisor knows, you know, but sometimes I'll have clients that they, they'll keep like a 401k at a company they worked at. Like, like in this particular case, it was, is a retirement account with TIA Cref. And, um, and so that I don't actually manage it's, you know, it's held away. Um, so nonetheless, the other thing I suggest guys is set them up to be automatic. You don't have to do that paperwork every year. You know, it just takes time and, it, and it's a nuisance in my opinion. I would pick a day you want to get it. A lot of folks like to get it in middle of November. So they've got it for the holidays, you know, how, how, whenever you'd like to receive it, others like to get it, you know, in late spring, cause they go on a summer vacation. 
So, so set it up. You can do it automatically, and then every year it'll be taken care of automatically, and you don't even have to worry about it. I like that, too. Um, so, we're, again, one of the other provisions of the SECURE Act 2.0, now it's passed the House. It's, uh, we're waiting to see what happens in the Senate. Chances are it's going to pass almost like this um, in terms of, you know, overwhelming you know, bipartisanship. But one of the things that's in there is the auto enrollment into a savings plan, like a 401K. Where, where do you yes. fall on that? You like that? I like it. I like it. I I, th- I think there's too many people that that we just spend too much. A lot of folks just spend too much. Mm, I and, agree. And, and, and you know, and a lot of times, and a lot of times, I see you know, like somebody gets a raise and they just spend the extra money. And as a financial guy, I want to say, man, that's a great opportunity to just save that money because you're living off of less before, right? Yeah. So if you get a if you get a raise, just save it. Save all of it. All of it. Um, you know, don't buy the new house. Don't buy the new car. Uh, and, and speaking of cars, by the way, you know, I'm driving a 2003, both actually my, me and my wife, both driving 2003 cars. And because to me, a car is a single biggest waste of money out there, period. End of story. Unless you manage to buy a classic, like you bought, I don't know, you bought a 68 Camaro and you hold on to it and you've held it for the last 50 some years, then it's probably worth more than you paid. All right. But, but unless you really got a sharp eye for what's going to become a classic car, um, I would really, <laughs> yeah. you know, guys, who knew the 57 Chevy was going to be a classic. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's hard to know at the time, you know? So, but, but I see a lot of people make the mistake. I made the mistake when I was younger, getting a new car every few years. And, and I look back on it and say, how stupid was that? Because you're just putting money into something, you know, is going to depreciate. And every time you buy a new car, that's just going to jack up your insurance rates. And if you're in the state of Arizona, you're going to pay for me your register pay more for your car registration as well. Cause that's sure. based on the age of the car and value of the car too. Yeah. So, um, so try to keep that car a lot longer than you normally do is my suggestion. Whatever you used to try to double it. Um, and if you take care of it, I think it could last a long, long time. Otherwise we wouldn't have classic cars still driving around on the roads. Right. right. It's funny you mentioned that because just yesterday, a friend of mine posted on Facebook, a picture of his car. And he said, this is an 18 year old car. It's got 203,000 miles. If you take care of your car, your car is going to take care of you. Exactly. Yes. That that's a hundred percent right. And, and, and that's what I started thinking about it. And, and it kind of, I guess I kind of, it was kind of bred into me because, you know, my father was, my, was, was, uh, was a mechanic, my brother's a mechanic. And, and so I've got maintenance and mechanic guys in my family, uh, that, you know, they can, these are the guys, they can take anything apart and put it back together and it runs perfectly fine. Um, I can't do that. I'll admit it. Yeah. My skills are in other areas. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm good with the basics. Um, but I tell you one thing my father pounded into my brain is maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. And if you, if you take care of your car, I think it's just like, if you take care of yourself as a person, you take care of your body, you know, you watch what you eat, you go to the gym, you know, you try to keep yourself in good shape. You're, you're probably going to, you know, be in a lot better shape throughout your life. And I think it's the same thing with your car. You take good care of it. You do the maintenance. Cars can last a long, long time. And I'll tell you, I never, when I bought my car in 03, I never, I did not expect to keep it this long. Uh, but it's a, it, it's a Lexus, it's a sedan. And I'll tell you what, it's been, it's been a fantastic car. And at this point, I'm hoping I get another 10, 15 years out of it. <laughs> well, yeah, why not? Huh? <laughs> yeah. What, well, yes. What, why spend, I mean, it's, it, it runs great. It still looks good. I mean, so I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather put that money towards my retirement than put it into another car. I would agree. 800-975-6717, folks. So uh, before we run out of time, let's talk about the, um, <laughs> this seems silly to me, but maybe not, uh, the incentives for contributing to a retirement account. That's from an employer standpoint. They're, they can essentially bribe you to uh, to sign up. Yeah, you know what, that the... 
Yeah, because in order to get the match, it's supposed to be, there's supposed to be a, a matching contribution from the employer. So if your company matches, <clears throat> I don't know, let's say three or four percent, then the employee is supposed to put in that, you know, is supposed to put in that amount too, right? Sure. In order yeah. to get the match. Yep. And so I kind of I, I like it, you know, because think about it. I like think if you think about the scenario where you've got a student, uh, well, former student, right? So so they they went to college. They most likely got a good amount of student debt, and they get out of college. They're working. They've got the chance to put money in the four hundred one k but they know they're paying interest on those student loans. Right. And so, and they're, do, and they're doing the smart thing, the responsible thing by paying back the student loan as opposed to going to the 401k. And so I like it because the provision would let the employer match the amount of money that this, that the former student is paying towards their loan. So if that amount of money, you know, would have gone towards the, towards the 401k, but they're spending it to pay down their loan, the government is saying now the employer can still match that contribution into the 401k, even though the employee is is used, you know, it has used that money to pay down the student loan. So, so I, I, I think that's, yeah, I think it's very good. I think, I think that's good. interesting because I mean, again, if it, so, so let's say I'm making a $400 a month payment to my student loan and I keep doing that. And the same time, my employer is going to drop 400 bucks in my 401k. Hey, that's a win-win. I, it's a win-win, right? It's a win-win. And I, yeah. so I think that's a great thing. I think that's also what I call user-friendly. You know, and uh, um, so I so I think that's really good. I'm glad to see that they're that they're talking about that. Hopefully, they'll pass it, um, and I think that would be a good thing. There, you know, there's also just real quickly, there's some other provisions in there yeah. about making the catch up contributions. I, that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, that's because that's I mean, that's significant what they're talking about here. It it is significant, you know, and and they're talking about uh, I think going up to an, an additional ten grand in catch up contributions, and right now we're at what six or sixty five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that would be significant. They're talking about that for workers that are like 62, 63, 64. So, so I think, uh, uh, I think that would be a great thing. And, and, and the, they're also talking about indexing to inflation, that thousand dollar catch up, um, on your IRA, because since 06 or something that hasn't, you know, it's been a thousand bucks and it's still a thousand bucks, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about indexing that, which I think is a good thing. So over time you could put more in, uh, with that catch-up contribution too. Sure, and and that makes sense, because especially with 62, 63, 64. I mean, if you turn 62 and you're still feeling like you haven't been able to do it, but you're still working, you're still making money, that is an incentive to, okay, maybe I can make this retirement thing work. No question, no question. And you know what it, what it made me think of, Steve, is that a lot of times I'll, I'll meet with folks and they'll say, you know, I'd really want to retire next year or two years from now or something. And and we go through the numbers and, and, and the numbers look, you know what? It could work. They look close. I say you got a good chance of making this work. Um, but I say, you know what? If you just work another six months, eight months, nine months, that can make a big difference. And, in, in, you know, if you think about your job, if I don't know, let's say you're making, let's say five grand a month and you work an extra nine months, you know, after tax, you should have an extra thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars $35,000, yeah. um, you know, that you'd have made uh, and presumably saving some of it. So, I, I just, you know, I always, I, I do think that it is great to be putting away as much as you can. Uh, but you want to take, you know, we talked before, you want to look at your life expectancy and things like that. If your family, you know, if your parents live past 90, um, you know, you you could very well have a 25 year retirement. And so I want to make sure you never run out of money and that you're able to do everything you want to do. So just give me a call. We can sit down and go over the numbers and I'll help you figure it out. Great. Well, again, I, I'm counting on you to keep me up to date on this Secure Act 2.0, what happens and, and how it all washes out, because it is going to affect folks getting ready for retirement. There's no question. No question about it. And uh, but there are some really good things in there, guys. So you want to you want to keep your eyes on it. 
um, you know, we'll try to keep you up to date. We will keep you up to date here. So, you know, be sure to just tune in and uh, we'll give you the latest news uh, when it comes out. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial. And he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.